Welcome back to Chasing Dramas. This is the podcast that discusses Chinese culture and history through historical Chinese dramas. Today, we are going to be discussing episode 68 of Hou Gong Zhen Huan Zhuan, Empresses in the Palace. We are your hosts, Karen and Kathy. As with every episode, we first do an episode recap and then discuss any interesting items raised in the episode. If you have any comments or questions, email us at karenandkathy at chasingdramas.com or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at chasingdramas. I'm currently having a great time uh, going through our list of the top 25 most intelligent or smartest people in the palace and hope you follow along as well. This is being posted on our Instagram and Twitter. Let us know what you think or who you think will be the smartest ones in the palace. And when we get to the countdown, let us know if you agree with our choices. Now back to our podcast discussion. Today's episode will be all about An Lingrong, the little bird. Last episode, we learned that An Lingrong is pregnant. To celebrate this, she was promoted to a consort or fei and then given the title of Li, which means Oriole. And this was quite the humiliation for her, actually. But Zhen Huan, our main character, was able to accurately deduce that An Lingrong's pregnancy would not last. And they discovered that An Lingrong has been using an aphrodisiac, which is strictly banned in the palace, and has been how she secured favor by the emperor. Both this information will be used against An Lingrong in this episode. The episode starts with the emperor visiting An Lingrong and admiring her belly. She is around five months pregnant, but as soon as he leaves, she gasps in pain and promptly requests the imperial doctors to come see her. News travels fast to Jin Huan's ears, who doesn't have much to say. She does admire a bouquet of beautiful lilies brought to her by a eunuch. Seeing that these could potentially help An Lingrong's sleeplessness, Jin Huan instructs the eunuchs to send a bouquet to An Lingrong's palace. While this bouquet of flowers becomes the key to An Lingrong's downfall. These flowers were initially examined by palace doctors and nothing amiss was discovered. So Jin Huan has them sent every day. However, on the night of An Lingrong's birthday, when she is having dinner with the emperor, Jin Huan personally puts together a bouquet of lilies to be put in An Lingrong's room. The flowers work their magic, and the emperor, who believes An Lingrong's pregnancy is stable, decides to spend the night together. This, unfortunately, was the wrong move. A eunuch rushes to Jin Huan's palace to inform her and Jing Guifei, who is visiting, that An Lingrong has miscarried. Sidebar, these two look super cute with their hair down, just doing normal stuff like reading and embroidery. I feel like we don't get a lot of scenes like that, so it's pretty cute to have some sense of normalcy in the palace. An Lingrong miscarried while she was uh, intimate with the emperor. The emperor himself is in a state of shock and is sitting aside in a daze. The ladies hurry over to An Lingrong's palace to assess the situation and confirm that, unfortunately, the child is no longer. 
You'll notice the glance Jin Huan gives to her maid, Jing Xi, which is a signal to uh, remove the flowers from the room so as not to leave any trace of evidence. The emperor blames himself for what happened and the fact that he couldn't control himself. He says he normally could, but for some reason today he couldn't. It may be because he had some wine. Jin Huan and Jing Guifei and the empress console the emperor as there's not much that can be done now. The child is gone. The next day, at the empress's palace, she is lamenting the fact that they lost this round. Initially, they were going to try to use this child to topple Jin Huan by framing Jin Huan with the miscarriage of An Lingrong's kid. But the only person they managed to scare this time was the emperor. The child is also now gone, so they have no more leverage. The empress doesn't have any evidence that Jin Huan was involved somehow, but she just has a hunch that Jin Huan is entangled in yesterday's events. Unfortunately, the empress can't do a thorough investigation because this will unearth the truth about An Lingrong's pregnancy, which will expose the lies they've told in regards to her condition. They've essentially told everyone in the palace that An Lingrong's pregnancy was perfectly healthy and fine, when in reality, the child was never meant to be born. The empress can't have this truth exposed, so this miscarriage will just have to stand the way it is, that it was caused by the emperor. Understandably, the emperor is in a dour mood. We all know that he has done many terrible things that has caused the death of his children, or else prevented him from having children. If anyone needs a refresher, he is most likely talking about Hua Fei and the women that were collateral damage because of Hua Fei, such as Qin Gui Fei and Duan Fei, who has now been promoted to Huang Gui Fei. He originally thought that since so many children have been born in the palace, now that he's been forgiven, but the truth is that he's still being punished by the heavens. He also yells at a concubine, Kang Changzai, who comes in trying to capture his attention. Well, what I think is funny is that none of the children born in the last few years are actually the emperor's children. Jin Huan's twins, of course, are not uh, his or the 17th princess, and Shen Meizhuang's daughter is of course also not his. So, eh. <laughs> Anyways, Anne Rong is also rather heartbroken at losing her child, but her feeling is of resignation. She knows she's done terrible things to Jin Huan, so she views this as her karma coming back to haunt her. And indeed, losing her child was just the beginning. In the next scene, we see that the four most senior ladies in the palace, the Empress, Huang Guifei, Jin Guifei, and Jin Huan are at the Empress's palace. Huang Guifei, who used to be Duan Fei, brings up the topic of fragrances and steers the conversation towards a special fragrance she discovered at An Lingrong's palace. She informs the Empress that this fragrance ensures that the emperor will spend time with An Lingrong. These are all kind of very like subtle hints. At first, the empress doesn't fully believe the accusation, but Huang Guifei's maid provides clear evidence of this fragrance's existence. The empress has no other option but to do an investigation and search An Lingrong's palace. What we learn here is that the empress did not know about this aphrodisiac. To me, that's interesting. 
It may be that the Empress just ordered Anlingrong to find a way to keep the Emperor in her bed and didn't question the specifics, or it may be that Anlingrong was just really good at hiding it. There were several scenes where Anlingrong ordered her maid Bao Juan to dispose of any remnants of the aphrodisiac. Su Pei Sheng, the Emperor's head eunuch, is in charge of the search of Anlingrong's palace. She is extremely rude to him, but is rather stoic given the potential consequences of this palace search. With the hard evidence of this aphrodisiac and several other items unearthed, they go up to see the emperor. The emperor, upon hearing this discovery, is unhappy, but leaves a sliver of pity towards Anlingrong for having just lost a child. He initially decides to remove Anlingrong's title and demote her to a dying or a second-class female attendant, which is what she started off as when she entered the palace. And here is where Jin Huan is now a master manipulator herself. Instead of affirming this consequence, she says that since Anlingrong lost her child, she's already learned her lesson. Additionally, Fragrances are not all without their benefit. Chen Huan brings up this cream, Shu Henjiao, that Anlingrong made for Chen Huan after she was scratched by a cat several years ago. This cream was to prevent scarring, and indeed, she doesn't have any scarring left on her neck. Based on this benefit, she, Chen Huan, recommends not punishing Anlingrong. As she brings up this cream, the Empress's face turns pale. Huang Guifei, takes this opportunity to remind everyone about the timing of this cat scratch and using this cream. It was when Chen Huan had her first pregnancy and not long after miscarried. At the time, everyone thought it was because Hua Fei had forced Chen Huan to kneel outside in the sun. But now, thinking back, that doesn't sound right. The emperor takes the bait and asks to see the imperial doctor Wei Ling, who is a student of Wen Shuchu. Hilariously, he just so happens to be outside, obviously planted by Jin Huan. Wei Lin comes to investigate the cream and ta-da! Loudly says that there is a heavy dose of xiang or musk in the cream. We all know by now that xiang or musk is an incredibly harmful product to pregnant women. I mean, this is the umpteenth time that Xiaoxiang has been brought up? Well, if we need a reminder, Xiaoxiang or musk would cause women to miscarry. Take this with a grain of salt, though. Jin Huan puts on a show and cries about how ruthless An Lingrong is for having killed her first child. The other ladies, Huang Guifei and Qing Guifei, reiterate how terrible this is. Huang Guifei even brings up that it was Anlingrong's servant that spoke to Shimeizhuang, which ultimately caused her death. Isn't it great to have pretty powerful allies? <laughs> to make all of this even more impactful, Su Peisheng shares a box he discovered after searching Anlingrong's palace. The doctor confirms that the objects in the box are incredibly potent and expensive balls of musk. This is the last straw for the emperor. Anlingrong is summoned to see the emperor, who asks her why she did what she did. 
her ruthlessness is 100 times that of other people in the palace. An Lingrong takes full responsibility of her actions and does not try to request for any leniency. Not that the emperor would have given it, so she knows full well not to even request for it. Her punishment, though, is to create a living hell for her. She will not be killed. She will even keep her rank and title. But every day, someone will come to slap her across the face. And every day, she will have to kneel in front of the Buddhas to repent for her misdeeds. Her palace will become her cold palace, and she will not be allowed to leave. Her servants will either be killed or sold as slaves. We find out later that her father was also sentenced to death by beheading. The episode ends with An Lingrong requesting to see Jin Huan. She asks Jin Huan to bring bitter almonds with her, which she does, and they have one final conversation. It wasn't explained earlier, but it turns out that the reason why the emperor couldn't control himself that night was because Jin Huan added this aphrodisiac that they discovered from An Lingrong's palace to the flowers or the lily flowers herself, and only for that one night. The flowers that were sent every other time were perfectly clean. Only that bouquet was embedded with this aphrodisiac and caused An Lingrong's downfall. Quite genius if you think about it. She went on the offense and she was able to protect herself from having anything to do with An Lingrong's miscarriage. Jin Huan arrives at An Lingrong's palace. It's stark and cold, void of all of the luxuries mentioned in the last episode. The makeup team also did an excellent job showing some slap marks on An Lingrong's face as a reminder to us of her punishment. An Lingrong calmly says she's not the same naive girl she was when they first entered the palace. If she was, she would have died 100 times over. She begins to narrate her sad, pitiful story, starting from how her mother did everything for her father, only for him to discard her after her beauty waned. An Lingrong recounts the helplessness she felt when she first entered the palace, cowering under the tyranny of Huafei. Jin Huan coldly responds that everyone was in the same situation in the beginning. You shouldn't have schemed against those who treated you as a sister. An Lingrong scoffs at this. She says, I once foolishly thought you treated me as a sister. You have everything, beauty, noble birth, and the emperor's favor. Then I figured out the truth. You needed me to win favor to strengthen your own position in the palace. That's the only reason why you pushed me into the emperor's bed. During the conversation, An Lingrong starts and continues to eat the bitter almonds. An Lingrong continues, I didn't want to just be a pawn, but what could I do? I don't have family. I don't have money. I can only obey. The empress needed me for her faction. The emperor didn't love me. In the end, though, I hate you the most. You have everything and I have nothing. Jin Huan has nothing more to say. She sees that An Lingrong feels no remorse for any of the actions she's done, especially what she did to Shimeizhuang. For Jin Huan, they aren't enemies. They aren't friends. An Lingrong is nothing to her. And Jin Huan leaves. Right before Jin Huan leaves, though, An Lingrong cries out these words in Chinese. 
皇后杀了皇后。It's hard to translate in English because of the tenses, but the literal translation is as such: the empress kill the empress. So perhaps Alirong is saying the empress kill the empress as an action for Jinhuan to take. Or let's think about it: the empress killed the empress. With that meaning, it's a little bit different. The empress killed the empress. What does this mean? We definitely need to keep this in mind as we speed towards the end of this drama. The scene of Jinhuan turning to glance at Anlingrong is iconic. Right at the forty-minute thirty mark, if you look at the YouTube video, it is a frightful glare, but it is so good and is used actually, I think, as like posters. <laughs> After Jinhuan leaves, Anlingrong finally falls to the ground. She dies finding, I guess, some peace. She couldn't choose her birth. She couldn't choose a lot of things, but at least she could choose how she died. And with that, Alirong dies. With the song that she sung to capture the emperor's attention way back in episode thirty-one, the piece is called "Cai Lian Qu," and is a fitting end to this character. Now, of the ladies that entered the palace with Jin Huan, only she remains. That was quite an impactful episode. I feel like there are so many emotions right now because after all this time, Anlingrong finally meets her end. Looking back at her speech, you can't help but feel conflicted. On one hand, she did terrible things. She betrayed her friends Chen Huan and Shen Meizhuang, which caused Chen Huan to lose a child and Shen Meizhuang to lose her life. But on the other, she. Is a product of her time and upbringing, particularly when she explained her backstory. She came from a very poor family and had none of the political currency that Jin Huan and Shen Meizhuang had to survive in the palace. This translated to not having much education or money to spend in the palace. This money piece is important. In the earlier episodes in this drama, you could see that Shen Meizhuang would tip her servants quite handsomely. That's something she was conditioned to do as a daughter of a relatively wealthy and powerful man. This meant servants would treat her well in return. Anling Rong, on the other hand, was constantly belittled by servants because she didn't have this money or education. She didn't know how to, I guess, manage servants in the imperial harem. She just wasn't brought up that way. People wonder why or how could Anling Rong betray her friends so badly. A huge part of it was Anlingrong's personality. She is overly sensitive and likes to overanalyze things in such a negative way. Certain items that people said would heavily impact her and make her suspicious of Chen Huan or Shen Meizhuang's motives. She is also easily jealous of when she's not getting as much attention by wait for it not the emperor but Chen Huan or Shen Meizhuang compared to say. The little foodie, Chuan'er. If you look back at certain scenes where Chuan'er shares how intimate or close she is with Jin Huan, Anlingrong becomes upset. But we also should recognize that while she's been kind to Anlingrong, Jin Huan never treated her as a sister to the same extent as she treated Shen Meizhuang or Chuan'er. Shen Meizhuang and Jin Huan were childhood friends, so that's understandable. 
But you can't deny that Shin Meizhuang and Zhen Huan both came from the Han Eight Banners with their fathers at court. They were members of nobility. While An Lingrong's father was a minister or an official, his position was much lower than everyone else's. I don't think Zhen Huan was fully aware of the difference in treatment and affection she showed towards An Lingrong, but I do think deep down, Zhen Huan actually looked down on An Lingrong. No matter how much she fooled herself, Jin Huan did not treat An Lingrong as an equal. An Lingrong wanted stability and comfort from Jin Huan's friendship that she couldn't give. When she couldn't find, or when An Lingrong couldn't find the stability, she turned to the Empress instead and essentially sold her soul. To me, An Lingrong's inferiority complex also sealed her fate. She only noticed the position she was in and envied everyone around her, whether it was Jin Huan, the once powerful Hua Fei, or even Qi Ping at the height of her power. She only focused on what they had and tried to claw her way to power and fortune. She, however, never thought to share her riches with others. Time and again, we saw how ruthless she could be, especially to servants. At first, she felt helpless when her maids were killed, but when she suspected a mole in her palace, she was more than happy to throw a maid under the bus or just get them killed. Okay, that part isn't unique to her, but we didn't see her show much kindness to her maids throughout the drama. She'd oftentimes yell at her maid, Bao Zhen, and we'll talk about her shortly. During this episode, when the eunuch Su Peisheng is ordered to search her palace, an Lingrong says the phrase, it is not something a Yanren should have an opinion on. Yanren is a derogatory term for eunuchs in Mandarin. An Lingrong says this straight to Su Peisheng's face. He coldly reminds her, no matter what, eunuchs are still humans with feelings. An Lingrong's inferiority complex makes her want to disparage people who she sees as beneath her which in her mind is eunuchs and maids. She never learned that Su Peisheng is that one person you need to have on your camp. He might have offered a hand, but nope. She decided to treat all of her servants like dirt. Well, you reap what you sow. No one came to her aid at the end. The character of An Lingrong is such a hated character that the actress Tao Xinran struggled for many years to get positive roles. Many of the roles you see her in are those of the antagonist. I personally feel really bad for her because uh, she does get treated quite badly even on like blogs and comments. Well, if we want to be optimistic about this, is that uh, you could say she did such a great job in the role that the audience can't tell her apart from her character. To this day, there are still memes about An Lingrong, even though this drama came out almost 10 years ago. And uh, people often lovingly recall or refer to the character as An Xiaomiao, or Little Bird An, and people know exactly who you're talking about. But still, it is quite sad about uh, Tao Xinran's career. Here, though, we'll give a shout-out to Tao Xinran. She did such an amazing job as the character of An Lingrong. She really did portray her so that we as the audience really could see her struggle, but ultimately, for me, uh, did hate her in the end.
One character that we haven't really talked about but is up for much debate is actually An Lingrong's maid, Bao Juan. Bao Juan was assigned to An Lingrong from the first day she stepped into the palace. Now, we never know for sure, but I've read some theories and actually think this might be the case that Bao Juan was working for the Empress from the very beginning. If you watch certain scenes throughout the drama, the Empress receives information about An Lingrong that is very private. How would the Empress have been provided this information if not for a spy? A prime example is in the last episode. An Lingrong was upset to hear that the servants selecting her title were punished. She thought those characters were very good. In the very next scene, we see the Empress and her maid, Jian Qiu, mocking An Lingrong for her anger. How would the Empress know? The only other person An Lingrong was speaking to was Bao Juan. This, again, is a complete theory. We have no confirmation that Bao Juan was secretly working for the Empress, but it may be that once the Empress knew ladies were being selected into the palace, she needed to secure some allies, and this is why she planted her own people to be in the palace of these new ladies. Lastly, let's talk about these bitter almonds. In case people are confused about how or why An Lingrong died at the end of this episode, it's because she was ingesting a large number of bitter almonds. Bitter almonds, different from their sweet almond counterparts, are poisonous in their raw state. They contain trace amounts of cyanide and therefore it is plausible that An Lingrong would have died after eating them. I remember when I first watched this scene, I was like, uh, can you actually die from eating almonds? And if you Google it, all the top searches were, how did An Lingrong die? Are bitter almonds actually poisonous? People weren't really uh, convinced that you can just like kill yourself because of this. But apparently it is true. Now, there is no way that Jin Huan did not know of the properties of the bitter almonds. I think this was her last act of mercy towards An Lingrong. So she granted An Lingrong the choice to die if she wanted to. For An Lingrong though, there is another purpose of picking bitter almonds. I think she wanted to kind of also showcase like her life was bitter. These bitter almonds though also tie directly to the phrase she cries out at the end. The Empress killed the Empress. We won't divulge too much here, but again, let's keep this in mind. Now that's that for today's episode. Thank you very much for listening. We now are down to only a few more episodes left. And again, we are down one more concubine in the Imperial Harem. Like Karen said earlier, we are doing a top 25 countdown of the most intelligent people in the palace for this month. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter to find out who we think they are. Let us know your thoughts about our rankings. Until next time.